All right, Chapin. So uh, we're here to do a quick fix and to talk about filmmaking, specifically filmmaking in the post-COVID era. Um, it's weird because Hollywood and movie making has been uniquely hit yeah. by this pandemic in a really, really rough way. I think there was estimates out there of some odd billions of dollars lost um, because of this pandemic. And it's not just lost in the way that you think, oh, we can't go to the movie theater and um, watch something. It's it's lost in the way that we can't make movies right now. We can't make TV shows. We can't be out because it's such a weirdly unique process where you have to have a large group of people together to do it. And you can't work from home. There's no Zoom meeting that's going to work for making a film, at least a film that you're going to want to pay money to go see in a theater. So, uh, and all that being said, it has to it has to deal with the changes like hollywood is one of the oldest industries i think america has and it's been running pretty much the same way for the most part for a 100 years and it has to make some big changes moving forward and i think that's what we kind of want to get into with this yeah. how they're going to do that and for me personally, who works on these movies, it's been it's been obviously rough because I've been out of work, but it's also been uncertain because we don't know how we're going to get back to work yet. And that's sort of a big question. And I know for you, you work on smaller things for uh, a marketing company, and I, I'd like to hear how it's affected you, and then we can kind of go into how we think it's going to move uh move forward basically yeah um well i am working from home and i'm grateful that i'm able to work and uh i think i told you my we did have a little pay cut right away um but that it was restored and so we didn't really lose any money thank god but um yeah like production is going to be a totally different ball game i don't know when we're going to get back into it but i think as you know, the, the role that I play when we put together these big shoots where this will, this will be an, an issue, um, you know, there's probably 20 crew, um, you know, between one and 10 cast. Um, and so it's a lot of people gathering around in, in, in a small space. Like I was thinking about um, we we did this spot once where we were we like jammed a ton of extras um, an, a talent and you know 20 crew people into this tiny little restaurant and there was like one little bathroom and mm-hmm. there's just no way we could do that right like every if anybody was sick everybody would be sick um, right and uh, i actually re- found this thing online that the oregon uh like production group this 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 kind of organization who I never really had much use for. I mean, I not, they aren't bad or anything. I just haven't, haven't really used them for anything. Have like a list of guidelines for getting back to work and like production stuff. And I mean, I think Mm -hmm. it's really nice that they put that stuff out. Um, and I'm, I think for the most part, it's going to be, you know, a a real nice guideline for, for me at least. But like, I I guess my point is that like, I'm kind of responsible for making sure those, those productions are safe you know, and like, 
I can't really think of anybody else who would, it would come down to. And so it's got me a little worried and, you know, thinking about the best way to do it. And, um, you know, obviously, um, there's going to be an expense to it, but it can't be too expensive. Like we can't double our production costs, for example. Um, so I guess what I was thinking, I was thinking about your, the way you work and you're, Mm -hmm. you are often on set a lot, right? Like, Sometimes in positions you're like you when you're not working at your location, you won't be on set. But for the most part, you are. Right. So if it's my location, I'm going to be on set. So um, for those who don't know, I work in the locations department. We're in charge of finding the locations and dealing with all the logistics of actually shooting in those locations. Um, And a lot of stuff. So. On a bigger scale, we're dealing with the same thing. Who's going to be the ones that are going to be in charge right. of the safety for this, uh, you know, the, the basically the sanitation of a set? So there's a few factors here. If you say you're, you're at somebody's house, let's just say we're sc- scouting for a house. So let's start right from the beginning. Yeah. The scouting process is going to be harder. Like, who's going to let a stranger into their house right now to take pictures? It's hard enough to get into somebody's house to (laughs) scout it to take pictures. Right now, it's going to be nearly impossible. So there's there's that aspect of it. Okay, we all have, like, a lot of houses and locations on file. So let's assume we can pull some of those pictures and and uh, utilize something we already have. Well, then once that happens, then how do we how do we make that location safe? How right. do we sort of what they're talking about doing and, and, and whose department does it fall under also? And, and a, a lot of the talk is the locations department. Really? Yeah. So hmm. then we're going to become responsible for cleaning the set and also isolating it so that means renting a location say it's a one-day shoot we're still renting it for two weeks we're gonna rent it get the homeowners or whoever out of there keep it isolated to whoever minimal needs to go in there keep it clean hire more locations people just to do the sort of the 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 cleaning and the sanitizing of yeah. it and then also keep it quarantined f- afterwards which basically which sounds positive for the locations department in in the fact that there need more people but it's negative in that they're not going to have nearly as many locations anymore movies are going to have to adapt they're going to have to film a lot on um back lots mm-hmm. in stages places they can control i was just gonna say yeah like we we've there's a few stages here in portland they're not very big but um we've shot on them a few times and it is just a much more controllable environment and they're big and they you can space out and you can um you know run air through it a lot keep air moving which i think is good also it's kind of a turnkey location so you show up and everything is there for you and essentially like what you are describing 
I assume will be done for us. In other words, like the people that run the stage, they clean it, right. they own the equipment, they're responsible for that. And so it's a very attractive um, outlet for us. I, you know, I, I can't imagine how many things we're going to be able to shoot on a stage. Um, and on well, small- think about <clears throat> for you, you're having these troubles. Imagine trying to make a, a Marvel movie yeah. or a movie like something like that. It's going to be nearly impossible now unless it's all CGI and that's going to look bad. It's going to, it's, you know, you're not going to be able to have 500 extras anymore. So you anticipate this is going to be like a long, a really long term thing. Like even if they get the virus under control, they're still going to be. Until there's a vaccine, I think this is what they're going to have to do. And this is what they're talking about. I mean, it's think about it. Like Lionsgate, I think it was Lionsgate uh, put out a memo about what they're going to do post COVID to try to minimize stuff. And they're talking about putting the director's monitor so usually there's a thing called Video Village, you know about it, but I'll yeah. explain it. It's got the director, it's got producers, it's got uh, the script supervisor, all in this 10 by 10 tent. Um, and they're now talking about, well, everybody's going to need their own tent, and every tent's going to need to be six feet apart. And, and then also, like, the transportation aspect of it. Like, we have crews of, when I'm looking for parking lots, I'm looking for minimum of 100 80 to 100 cars need to fit into a parking lot. Right. And then the, all those people need to get into vans, and those vans are small passenger vans. They can fit probably 12 people, and they need to get to set. So are we not going to be able to do that? Where are the people going to park? How is How minimal can you get a crew for big movies? Hmm. Like catering, how's that going to work? Is everything going to be box lunches? Are we not going to break? Yeah. Like, do a are, are they French talking hours, about, right? Yeah, they're, they're talking about doing French hours, which is great, which basically uh, means we don't break for lunch, but we have shorter days. We're not allowed to have um, more than 10, 12-hour days, uh, which, you know, is healthier for everybody to be able to get some sleep instead of having these 14, 16-hour days. And that's another thing because they don't want people exhausted because your immune system goes down. Um, yeah, and people once, make mistakes, and 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 the reason they're so concerned about it is less less to do with I, I, I want less to do with human life and more to do with money because this if this ran through a production that production would shut down. Yeah. So another big cost is going to be insurance. It's already a big cost, but it's going to get even bigger because that's going to be a, a, a realistic aspect of this is whole production shutting down for two, three weeks at a time because two people got uh, COVID and, you know, it went through the crew. So it's, what stinks it's is really that tough. They're probably going to be, you know, I, I was thinking really the only I mean, maybe there's some places where you could find some savings, but like w- the only place you could really save money on a film set is the above the line people, the actors and the mm-hmm. directors. And but even but in this in this circumstances, they're going to be extra protective of the talent because if the talent gets hurt, of course you can't. There's there's no way like you know if a grip gets COVID, you, he can be replaced, unfortunately. But like you can't replace Julia Roberts in a movie. Well, I think you could, but. Um, no, but, but seriously, like if, Mer- like somebody like Meryl Streep, who's like older or Bob De Niro, yeah. Bob, 
You and long-term friends. Yeah. Yeah. Um, are they going to go back to work? Are they going to wait? I like, don't know. That's a great question. These are these are the sort of things that because they can't get it because they could die. What I think and is interesting is what you said about the the size of the crew. You know, obviously, like my crew is a lot smaller than the what you're talking about five times the size of mine. Um, but I've I've been sort of as I've done these productions, you know, I've been doing them for probably the last like five or six years. I've been, I've made a concerted effort to grow the crew. So like um, at first, I was like really stringent about budget. Like you know, we can only afford these people. You know, for no real reason. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, as, as we can, I've gotten more comfortable with the guys I work with, you know, I asked them if they want to bring anybody else on, I'll like just double the PAs cause they're, those are, it's a inexpensive, you know, thing on our, on our budget and bring in more, um, kind of like mid level grip and electric guys. Um, and so that's always been sort of my default. And like, I, I hope to keep doing that, um, and bringing people in on our production side too, which is really helpful to me. But like, that may just not be an that may not be an option, you know. Like it may be going the other way, which I can't even imagine negotiating with these guys. Like, yeah, you're gonna need to do all of this yourself, and like it's for for their safety. So I figure they'll probably be amenable to it. But like, it just means more work for everybody else, and it's hard to, you know. I don't sit there like looking at everybody. There is a lot of standing around on film sets for everybody. That's just the way it goes. But it's hard to tell, um, you know, if if there's even enough of a gap to allow for us to just like cut people like that. Yeah. It's going to make, you're going to have to pare down what your production is. And I think that's sort of how it goes from the upper top levels downward. You're just going to have to pare down what you can actually do with the crew. You can safely have. Mm. Do you have any sense about when your community is going to get back to work? Um, not really. I mean, we're, we're stuck on, like, we're, a lot of it has to do with what the state of Massachusetts and the city of Boston will allow and Mm. when they will allow. And right as of today, they canceled the marathon in September for the first time ever in 144. Because they moved, it's usually in April, right? They moved it from... Yeah, okay. they moved it. So it's just been now completely canceled for this year. So it's hard for us then to go to the city and say, hey, give us permits to film a movie yeah. right now. I mean, presumably there'll be negotiations before that stage, hopefully, right? Yeah, I mean, and people are talking and we're, we're tr- you know, people are trying to figure it out. But it's weird. It's a weird it's a weird situation and eventually we have to make movies again. We have to get back to work. I mean, there's like literally a half dozen productions going on around the world right now. Like I think there's some in Iceland and I don't know. I've, I've heard of a few that are happening, but, and maybe they're kind of blueprints for, for how it's going to go. But you, you talk about the actors, like you, you like this movie that I'm, was supposed to work on before all this happened, you have these giant actors and they're talking about for every actor to have their, not only their own separate hair and makeup person, but their own separate hair and makeup. Um, like trailer, like 
No, not necessarily. Well, maybe trailer, but equipment. Like, everybody's just in their own sort of bubble. And I guess trailer is... But you think about how how is that going to work? How are we going to be able to find... Especially here in Massachusetts, we're we're sort of crunched for space. We don't yeah. have a lot of big spaces, even for movies. It, it, say this never happened. It's nearly impossible to put a base camp in Boston now. Uh, there's just no room for it. Big base camps, which is crazy to think about. That there's not a parking lot big enough anymore. So does to put that a base camp in? Does it ever come down to even outside of COVID, like saying, well, maybe. Robert Downey Jr. can't have his whole base camp. Like, I mean, you were just, maybe you're not even allowed to say this, but you were describing that Downey's got his, like, essentially his own, like, little mini base camp, which I bet is about, which is about is probably bigger than my base camp on his own. Oh, I'm sure. Um, Yeah, I mean, eventually it's going to get down to the point where you're going to have to say, like, in New York, there's not parking lots either. And what they do is they park base camp on the street. Yeah. Which we can do, but they can't have the double wide pop out trailers. They have to have, they have to pare <laughs> it down. Yeah, just, I mean maybe, maybe they're to... just gonna I mean like maybe he's just gonna have to chill. Like he'll just have to settle for one wide. Yeah. Yeah. But that was a problem before COVID and now now it's um it's gonna be it's going to be interesting to see how how we're going to deal with it and if locations is going to have to be the the department that has to keep everyone safe which is a, a, a lot of pressure on a yeah, department a to hu- do something new that they're not trained at this point to do well i was just thinking like we're we're trying to figure out when you know i have most of the time my work is in an you know a boring office job and you know we know everybody it's a, it's a it's a small group of people relatively and you know it's it but even then even in those circumstances where you know people you are comfortable with them and you know you've got a history and you sort of know how the business operates it's still there's a lot of unknowns and the thing about yeah. production is that it always, you know, there's never any, um, it's a, just a totally different working environment because there's no precedent for it. I mean, you work with the same location crew. I've got, you know, the same DP, often the same gaffer, things like that. But like, um, and you know those people, but there's not, there's never the consistency of like a steady job. And so it's, there's always new moving factors. And so it can feel like, I mean, I kind of hate this analogy because it's sort of, inconsiderate and disrespectful to you know people who actually fight in wars but it can be like going to battle in a weird way because you're sort of mobilizing this large group of people and equipment and Mm -hmm. moving it to these complicated places and there's like an inertia that happens there and i'm sure it's like five or six times worse for you than it is for me because i only have to get like one or two i only have to park one or two big vehicles somewhere um you have to park probably 10 or 20 and it, it, but like, it's the same situation. It's like, you know, you're, you've, you've got this inertia, you've got to move all these people. And there's all, there's never a sort of consistency in what happens. You know, it's like, there's always new things happening. People aren't familiar with each other all the time. It's, you know, it's not like going back to a, your typical nine to five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in a weird way that the fact that it's adaptable may help, you yeah, know, that's true. People are, are used to changing for this. 
Um, but like I said, also at the start of this, you know, Hollywood is an old, I mean, movie making is an old, old process at this point, And it's done the same way for a reason because it's the most sort of efficient way. And to change it up entirely and slow it down. And that's what's going to have to happen. Yeah. And that's where the big money is going to come in is, you know, we're, we're not going to have, you know, a 30 day schedule is going to have to turn into a 40, 45 day schedule. And that's, that's expensive. But won't that mean like fewer hours for you? Like, won't that mean less day. less overtime though? So there's at least some savings, right? Yeah, yeah, they'll they'll save there. Um, but I think overall, it's it's going to cost the production companies more money for sure. And yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where and how productions are going to look. You know, in a year, year and a half, when all these movies start. So let's say we start filming again by, I don't know, optimistically November. Yeah, and and they'll be inside probably, right? And then the following November, those sort of movies get released. What are those movies going to look like? What is, you know, I just watched, uh, we were talking about it, The the Dark Knight Rises in that, you know, that final... uh, scene between Bane and Batman on the streets of New York with just thousands of extras. Yeah, that was this um, whole big thing was to like get a bunch like let's see more extras than we've ever seen in a movie like yeah. this. Yeah. Well, that would that's never going to happen again even for Christopher Nolan. Yeah. I which I don't think he understands at this point. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. think he he gets the uh seriousness of it. But um yeah, so how are we going to make these movies? How like they spend money to put realism up on the screen. So how are they going to be able to do that by having only six locations instead of 26 locations by having uh, 30 extras instead of 300 extras? Yeah. I mean, there's a way to do it. CGI. I'm not crazy about that idea, but um, well, what about, okay. So like, like you were saying, these productions are you tend to work on really long things, which which is which is useful. Um, yeah, I want like you know you've have you heard about what's like what the NBA is proposing, like locking everybody in some resort in Disneyland and or in Disney World. Yeah, and unfortunately, that has been talked about, but I don't know how real that is because, um, yeah, I, I don't know how realistic that is to like, you know say we have say we have 10 locations you get the location a week two weeks ahead of time you you quarantine it you set dress it you shoot it and you uh put it back together and then give it back to whoever owns it say that's a four week period yeah does they have talked about keeping people in local hotels for that long but what what good does that really do? I mean, yeah, people true. can do, they're not, you know, they're, they're not going to put um, an ankle bracelet on everybody to make yeah. sure they just go from one to the next. So I don't know at this point if that's really realistic and I hope it isn't because that would, that would be, uh, that would suck. Yeah. 
and they're also t- talking about for intimate scenes bringing like um more more like prof- there's a like there's a job I, i've never actually seen it on set but they're like there's a there is a job for like like sex scenes where yeah. people <laughs> I, I don't remember the title there, there's an article about them in the new york times i think they're like they like coach the sex scenes right yeah so you know there's like ha- making sure that more of those people are present making sure there's more medics present um you know because again it's it's but, a it, like the medic is going to be i mean the, the onset medic is just someone who sort of sits there and usually does nothing and like you know bandages somebody's cuts when they but like they aren't you said it not me for all the medics listening well no i mean i i, mean, I have huge respect for those people obviously but like they they aren't they aren't necessarily equipped to like take 150 people's temperatures before they enter a set is what i'm saying no and that's that's another good point like the, is uh, who's going to take everybody's temperatures yeah. or is that going to be part of it and like, they may not be qualified to do that i don't know they're not a they're but who not is going to be qualified yeah to i don't do know that. there's not I, they, there's nobody on set currently that's qualified to do it these uh so. these ompa ommpa the oregon production resource that put this together had something like that and i'm like there's no way we're gonna be able to afford to have someone like that on set i mean may, maybe we just will maybe we'll just have to um well what i was thinking for a business opportunity is um cl- uh covid certified cleaning yeah that's i'm sh- I'm, I'm sure that that's a thing like what, I mean, it's, it's gonna. Ha- they're gonna need. That's gonna be in demand. Yeah. I don't know how you'd certify if there is an actual certification process. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly how how we all get back to work. I think the first step is states allowing us to film again, saying, yeah. you know, you you can do this, and then second is the responsibility of the individual production well or um production companies i should say to you know get it right and um put in their own rules and regulations and i think that's where it's going to come down to the individual companies yeah let's talk about it from real quickly from the other perspective so Hmm. there i think we discussed it i don't know if we did it on on the year or not but um there is this big push for Tenet to reopen movie theaters July twenty, uh, July 17th. Yeah, a big push by Nolan. Yeah, Nolan's there. I mean, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, I feel like, I feel like if there's a, if, it, I feel like I'm being in a crowded movie theater with 300 people is just as dangerous, if not more so, than being on a movie set, you know? So, mm-hmm. there's this weird sort of relationship but on, on either side of these things i mean I, of course there's gonna they're gonna be you know a year apart but if you can gather in a movie theater with close sitting next to people closely you can be on set you know what i mean like i i feel like there we have these weird kind of i don't know this is like a social like a, a cognitive dissonance or something where people are just not thinking through what it means like that's to me a movie theater seems like the most dangerous situation to be in right like imagine you know you hear someone coughing like in a movie theater before covid it was annoying and you were worried you were gonna get sick like (laughs) there's no way there's no way that's and i don't know so that 
I feel like this is there's just I don't think we're gonna be I don't think we're gonna be seeing Tenet and I don't think we're gonna be in movie theaters for a long time. Yeah, I think you're right with this social uh, dissonance concept. Um, and part of me thinks, too, that people, that this was such a life-altering change for people that they're never, they're not going to go back to, 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 like, once we start trickling into normalcy, yeah, we're not going to be able to push back. Like, nobody's coming back to this spot where we're six feet apart and we're staying away from each other. So I think for both when we go to the movies and for making movies, eventually, even if they don't have a vaccine, things are going to trickle back to normal and we're not we're not headed back this direction just because that's just the way humans are. Um, now... What does that mean? Like, if the numbers spike everywhere, if movie theaters open and it's, you know, the first screening attendant ends up having ramifications of thousands of people getting the disease, are we going to rethink it? Probably. Um, I just don't think they're going to release it. I don't think there's any way. Yeah. And it might be worth... I mean, we talked a little bit about this on the last time you and I did the fix it, quick fix alone, but you know, you've been working on stuff that's come out streaming, you know, like you guys could, mm-hmm. you guys could get back to work and, you know, relative in relative safety and then put things out on demand. And I think that'd be, that's fine. There's no moral question there. I mean, as long as you guys are doing things safely on the production side, but like, I think pushing to get a movie into movie theaters when we don't have any idea where this is going is just silly as much as I want to see that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I agree. I think you're a hundred percent right. But it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be states like uh, Alabama and Mississippi that are going to do it and are yeah. going to open, and then it's going to be packed theaters, and we're going to see what happens, Ugh. and we'll safely watch from our high horses. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. It's it's bizarre. I'm I'm very curious to see. Like I said, what movies are going to look like in a year and a half? What shows are going to look like? Are we going to have a lot more sort of small dramas that take place inside a house? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I'm curious to see. But people are cl- I mean, if this has shown us anything, people want content. That's true. They need it in their yep. veins. Yep. Get their so, fix. They'll. Uh, We'll figure out a way to get people content. It's just uh, a matter of how and yeah. when. All right. Cool. Good work. Cut. <laughs>